to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest has an unbelievable but amazing story to tell. He grew up here in the Triangle part of North Carolina. He was a star at Broughton High School, and yet somehow, some way, he didn't have any power conference scholarship offers until toward the end when Boston College of the ACC came through. And yet now, as we welcome Jerome Robinson back into the David Glenn Show, he's a day and a half away of being in the green room at tomorrow night's NBA draft. He's expected to be a first-round selection. That's how you get into the green room. Jerome, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, and congratulations regardless of how it turns out tomorrow night. Uh, We're really excited for you and happy to have you back. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Tell me, can you think far back enough the first time young Jerome Robinson, maybe even just joking around, said as a youngster, my dream is to play in the NBA. How far back are we going for a 21-year-old? Uh, and I have to say probably around like 12, 13, maybe just joking with my dad and playing against him. Probably, man, just, just yelling off teams I'd be on and, you know, just playing with him, I think, is probably where it gets back to. And if we fast forward, at what point, you know, before or after or during Boston College, did you say, you know what, I really can play in the NBA? When was that moment of truth? Um, I, I would say probably after my sophomore summer. I had a huge sophomore summer uh, training with a bunch of pro and pre-draft guys. And um, I felt very confident leaving there that, you know, this year was going to be my year. And, you know, I made it. I read that you used the phrase, those eight weeks in L.A. last summer changed my life. Like, that's a big phrase. Tell us more yeah. about what you did and how it changed your path. Yeah, man. So uh, I was out in L.A., uh, brutal drive to Santa Monica in the morning. But, <laughs> you know, I'd get up around like 6, go go to the beach and work out for an hour, and then uh, be in the gym from probably about 8 to 2. And then after that, I would hit some yoga, just kind of trying to just mellow out and stretch and, you know, kind of tri- I treated that whole eight weeks like I was a professional. And, uh, I mean, after that I knew, uh, like I said, I was very confident going into my junior year. And I read, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie was out there. Emmanuel Moutier was out there. I mean, you basically were surrounded by guys who at least were sort of on a similar path as you. And I guess that that's, that's a litmus test, right? That kind of helps tell yeah. you where you stand in the basketball world. Yeah, no, it's, it was big time, man, just having those guys. And, you know, I mean, I knew going into my junior year that no nobody else was preparing for the best competition in the summer that I was. Um, you know, just taking on that challenge and playing those pro guys and even the pre-draft guys, too. I mean, they, they had that dream, and they were working for it as well. Um, just just getting after, man. It was an awesome experience. We have heard a lot about how Broughton High School helped you. We've heard a lot about your dad, Jerome, and your mom, Amy, and how they have helped you. Uh, I know Boston College is a big part of your story as well. How many people can you squeeze into your group? Like, do you do you have a posse going to the green room? How does this work? <laughs> I got um, well, so I got my agent, uh, Coach Christian, uh, my my parents, and my brother that's under me. That's all I can really squeeze in there. But I covered a good basis there, though. Uh, I will never be an NBA draft pick, so I have no idea what the green room is like. Do you know, uh, as, you know, this is invitation-only stuff. Uh, you've been to the Barclays Center before, I know, but do you know what the green room is like? No, nah, I have no clue. It's going to be <laughs> exciting to go in there. Um, I'm going to just soak it all in, man. It's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and it should be awesome. 
Now, only likely first-rounders are even invited there. What do you know or, or think about your likely draft status tomorrow night? Um, I, I, I'm, you know, likely for the first round, but, I mean, it's, it's been a huge range. Uh, it's been anywhere from late lottery to mid-20s or late-20s. It's, uh, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of interest throughout, and you know, I feel like the right team will end up picking me. Jerome Robinson of Boston College, expected to be a first-rounder tomorrow night. We always encourage folks to follow you on Twitter. Have you tweaked your handle? What, what ha- you had, like, thousands of followers, and now we have to build you back up. It is Rome, yeah, right. Rome underscore cold bucks and then the number one. What, yep. what happened yep. with that? Just a, a reset, man, you know, just, you know, being professional and, uh, you know, getting that verification. So, uh you know, I just kind of restarted it and, and see and taking it from there. So it's the same exact handle, just like verified and starting over? Yep. All right, we'll try to build it back up. I mean, you know, you're a first-rounder. I, I couldn't believe the number. I remembered it was in the thousands, and, and we're going to build you back up into the thousands today. Jerome Robinson is joining us on the statewide David Glenn Show. He was a first-team All-ACC guy for BC last year as a junior, 21 points per game. He hit that shot to beat number one Duke. He had that 46-point game at Notre Dame that nobody will ever forget. Um, who's the most excited member of of your family right now uh probably probably my brothers uh i mean they're, they're definitely juiced up and you know it'll be a great experience for them and you know hopefully it inspires them to do great things as well i know you worked out for a dozen different teams have you been told by your advisors like are you likely to be picked by one of the dozen or so teams that you worked out for or does the NBA draft have, you know, all sorts of surprises and, you know, you could be selected by somebody who didn't even talk to you, much less work you out? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think all the teams I worked out with uh, had a very high interest in me. And, uh, you know, if I end up, you know, getting to those spots that, you know, they, they would likely take me probably. And I think, um, you know, I have a feeling that it's going to be a crazy draft, just, you know, how the free agency is and teams having multiple picks. Um so, I mean, it, 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 can be, it can go either way. It can either go for a team that, you know, I worked out for. Or it can be a random team. I mean, for me, it's just a blessing, and it would be awesome to be, you know, drafted that night. Jerome Robinson is joining us. We had fun with your former Broughton coach, Jeff Farrell, on the show yesterday. And he, <laughs> asked, he asked us to research, Jerome, and we're not sure of the answer yet, to be honest. He said, has any high school ever – had two guys drafted who were teammates in the same NBA draft. And as you know, Devontae Graham, your old teammate out of Kansas now, he might go yep. tomorrow night as well. You wouldn't have any idea of the answer to that trivia question, would you? Man, I, I don't know, man. I don't think so. Can't happen uh, a lot, right? No, nah, I don't think it happens that often, if it does. How do you explain your relationship with Devonte? It was what a one-year overlap with Millbrook before you know he headed to other places and eventually Kansas, and, and you, of course, strutted your stuff for the Boston College Eagles these last three years. Yeah, um, I mean we have a great relationship. You know he was he's one of my close friends. Um, you know I even I mean I was talking to him all the time when he was at Kansas and when he had to do his year over at Brewster. Uh, I mean that's my guy. I mean. Even before before Broughton, you know, just going through the same AAU program, seeing each other around, and it's, it's just that Hooper's feel. Uh, that's, that's my guy, though, man. 
I know I see you retweeting him. He retweets you. You guys are obviously in each other's camps. Coach Farrell said, and, and of course, this was after he listed, you know, 20 great qualities that you have, Jerome. It, it, the last thing he said was, you know, Jerome would not take my advice on lifting weights. Is, is that true? <laughs> is that like the one thing you resisted for a while? Because I know you've bulked up a lot uh, since then. Uh, I mean... I touched some weights, you know. I just wanted to, you know, make sure I was doing it the right way. But Coach had me, though. Uh, I gained a couple of pounds right before I went to B.C. lifting with him. But, um, I mean, I definitely gained most of my weight when I was at B.C. And, you know, hopefully put on some more weight when I'm in the league. Jerome Robinson is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Check him out tomorrow night on national television when he is likely to become a first-round NBA pick. Are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you how do you handle that moment? Uh, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope it's not like, a, you know, those hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of things. But, uh, man, it's, I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. Yeah, I think he's a hugger. I mean, but, you know, you've posed for enough photos. You know how this stuff works most of the time. Yeah. It's just that, you know, yeah. that many more millions of people will be watching as you have a hopefully not awkward handshake or hug. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> man, it's going to be crazy. I might have to watch some film on it or something. Jerome Robinson, always the preparer when it comes to the NBA draft itself. Some people assume, Jerome, and I think I saw your mom or dad quoted saying that this is not exactly true. There is an assumption that because you grew up an ACC fan, and if I remember correctly, you even liked the Tar Heels, your dad liked the Wolfpack, I think your mom liked Duke, but yet you, you were not receiving scholarship offers from those. Some say, some wonder whether like the snubs would motivate you. Mom and dad say that you're mostly motivated by other things. How do you describe it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I just I just always try to better myself. I, I never really, you know, let that kind of stuff dwell on me. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I grew up a Carolina fan, but, I mean, I just always kind of grinded and, and, and let things happen and let the chips fall where they may. You know, I uh, just put myself all the way out there and, and kept grinding for what I, you know, what I deserved. And, you know, this came out of it, but, no, I definitely didn't let those things kind of motivate me. I feel like I had, you know, other motivations. Did mom ever give up on the Duke thing? How did that work during your three years at BC? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely gave up on the Duke thing, man. She threw that out. All right. Quick. I mean, you know, Duke could have five guys called tomorrow night. She's not going to be cheering six times between nah, her son and nah, six no Blue chance. Devils, right? All right, I'm just making sure. No <laughs> <laughs> Jerome Robinson is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Uh, what else can you tell us between uh, what you're doing, wh what you are doing between now and tomorrow night? Yeah, man, I got. Uh, I actually got to work out tomorrow with uh, Washington, and uh, leave straight from there and head to New York. Um, and I'll go try on a couple suits and uh, you know, get all suited and booted and, and some shoes and stuff. And uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of weird because I don't know what to expect. So, I mean, are you a, people guiding me around? Are you a fashion plate, or do you take others' advice on that kind of thing? Uh, a little bit of both, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna really wear anything that I don't like, but I definitely like think I have my own, you know, nice ideas of what what I can wear. Will there be a statement at the NBA draft, or are you more low key than that? Nah, hey, there there could be, <laughs> and there might not be. You know what I mean? <laughs> It can go either way, so uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I got two different ones, uh, and it's definitely a game-time decision, so uh, 
you know, whichever one looks best, then I'll, uh, I'll rock for the night. With the Barclays Center being the backdrop for the NBA draft, I think your dad told me one time that he considered an ACC tournament your coming out party as a, as a pro prospect. Which tournament would he be talking about at the end of your sophomore year? Because I'm trying to remember which tournament was held where and when, but the last two have been in Brooklyn. So you're, you're basically revisiting the place that your dad described as your coming out party? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I feel like I'm so, you know, know the ins and outs of the Barclays already just, you know, playing there so many times. I might have played there over maybe ten times. It's ridiculous. Um, but, hey, it's uh, – the blessing to be back in this kind of situation and be right back at the Barclays. Jay Williams of ESPN told us crazy stories about shady people knocking on his apartment door once uh, they knew he was an NBA prospect. Did BC <laughs> shield you from all that stuff, or did you have like you know people you didn't know all of a sudden starting to chum up with you once they realized that you were an NBA guy? Uh, no, not really. I feel like I was always around the BC community and. Uh, you know, with BC, we don't really house uh, athletes by themselves. You, you're housed with other uh, students. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of students just treated me like I was another student, which was, you know, it was fun like that. Um, so, no, not really, to be honest. And then by the time the season was over, uh, I had to leave to go uh, start training there. Jerome Robinson is joining us on the David Glenn Show. First team All-ACC player from Boston College via Broughton High School right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. How long is that list of shout-outs that you would give to folks in our statewide audience who kind of played some role, large or small, along the way? Oh, man. I, I, can, go, I can go a good list, man. Just <laughs> between, you know, Garner Road and Broughton and Alexander YMCA, I was in there every day, you know, just working out and running around in there. I feel like I knew the staff in there, like the back of my hand, man, and just I don't know, just late nights in, in a lot of gyms out there. I mean, North Carolina is definitely uh, where my game stemmed from and, you know, gave me that love of basketball. Because I write about the NBA draft, I have had to look at those charts that explain how much money is paid with each draft slot. At what point in Jerome Robinson's life did you first call up that chart, just out of curiosity, to see how many millions you make in various slots in the first round? Um, I haven't looked at it for myself personally, but I feel like when I was younger, I, I really wanted to know who, uh, you know, like how that worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know if, like, you know, guys were coming out and, you know, making $50 million. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had no clue how that worked. And when you get older, you, you get, like, understanding how the contracts kind of work and, you know, endorsements and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, goes together. So, uh, it, I mean, it's a cool it's a cool way about it, how they kind of slot it. And, uh, you know, you just take it around with it until you can make the next contract. Seven figures, Jerome. Seven figures is where you're headed, <laughs> young man. Uh, I know you will not allow any distractions. This is what got you here, and you're you're – way too smart to forget that but have you allowed yourself to think about like what would be that first big purchase when that day comes um no nah, not really to be honest i mean tunnel vision no, I know I gotta, yeah like right now i mean maybe once it's in front of me then i'll, I'll kind of start getting some crazy ideas but hopefully hopefully i'm not or i know i won't be spending my money ridiculous or anything like that but um I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll have to get a car wherever I am. So <laughs> something, something reasonable, but nothing like, 
know, I'm not going broke for a single car. I just need to get around, to be honest. Personality-wise, would you be more likely to be a fancy car guy, fancy clothes guy, fancy house guy, or fancy travel guy? Or something Ooh, else, want- or something else entirely. You mean travel as in like... Like where would you where would you start spending... Some people would spend the big money on their house. Some people want like the three fancy cars. Other people want their own personal tailor and want their closet full of, you know, high-end fashion plate stuff. What, what yeah. makes you tick along those lines? And I mean, I do like cars, but I don't think I would... You know, I only need one car. I don't need to get two cars. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, but I'm, really, I'm an outdoorsman, so I mean, I might... I mean, not right now, but, like, in the future, man, I would definitely want to get a boat. And, uh, nice. And, you know, just, just kind of figure that kind of stuff out. I just like being outdoors. And, you know, I feel like I'm a simple person for the most part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the clothes-wise, like, I mean, man, I can't wear can't wear crazy designer clothes if I'm outside all the time. So I kind of try to stick away from that stuff. And, I mean, I don't need a crazy house either. It's just me. I'd be scared in a big house. <laughs> I think you were raised well, Jerome. I think Mom, Amy, and Dad, Jerome Sr., are both smiling if they ever get to hear the answers to these questions. <laughs> Jerome, you've been a lot of fun, man. You have an entire state. It's not easy, as you know, in your native state to have everyone rooting for you. But since you represented Boston College, you've got, like, the Wolfpack fans, the Tar Heel fans, the Blue Devil fans, the Wake fans, the ECU fans. Everybody in our audience has enjoyed your visits here and really is rooting for you heading into the NBA draft. So thank you for squeezing us in for one more conversation. We'll knock on your door again, of course, as your professional career unfolds. But congratulations. Have fun tomorrow night. And thanks again for the time on the David Glenn Show. Hey, man, thanks for having me. And uh, I really appreciate the support from everybody so far. You got it. Jerome Robinson, remember, follow him on Twitter. It's at Rome underscore cold bucks one. At R-O-M-E underscore Coldbucks1, he is rebuilding his Twitter following after a verified account. And I guess it's not a bad idea to just delete all the things you've ever tweeted just in case there's something in there that might scare somebody away who's in the process of handing you a contract worth millions of dollars. And that's where he's headed, right? At the very end of the first round, it's still guaranteed millions, plural, millions of dollars. Jerome Robinson in the invitation-only green room tomorrow night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Jerome Robinson on the invitation-only David Glenn Show today statewide across North Carolina. Seriously, his mom, Amy, his dad, Jerome, I haven't met his brothers, but there's a whole group of people that have impacted an unbelievably impressive young man, Jerome Robinson, of the Boston College Eagles and, of course, Broughton High School here in Raleigh as well.